just trying to change the world here, people. Oh, really? Facebooking and the tweeting and the Instagramming, all that would not exist without our understanding of science. So it's amazing that you took that as an insult. You mean true for you is different from true for anybody else. Have yeah, to absolutely, because I can't think either got to be true or not. I can't, no, no. Greetings, citizens of Netlandia. Welcome back to O'Reilly Radio, the show 166, recorded Friday, September 29th, 2017, where we dismantle the current events for your edutainment through mostly rational conversations that make you go, oh, really? I'm your host, Andy Cowan, and I've got my usual suspect, Daniel Atherton. Welcome, sir. Glad to be here. Excellent. How's how's things going on your end? It's been a week. It has been a week, a whole week since we talked last, not including the interstitials that we do, uh, just, you know, trying to keep up on this wacky world of ours. The explosions everywhere. Yeah, yeah, explosions and entire countries not able to um, be in their country, you know, little things, little things like that, aftermath and humanitarian crises, oh my, all that. Yeah. Well, anyway, this right here is our money segment. So if you're bored by that, you might want to skip on to the next one. Though we will have some things to say, so you might want to listen anyway. You know, we'll talk fairly fast and we won't get bogged down too much. But it is a lot of numbers. So you might not want to play us at like 1.5 speed or anything like that, because otherwise it'd just be numbers and chipmunk. Or maybe that would be entertaining. I don't know. Go ahead and give it a shot, I guess. But anyway, we make mistakes. So if you find one and you care to correct us because we'd like to be as correct as possible, go ahead and pause it or uh, just you know make a mental note to send us a note at a really radio podcast at gmail.com or you can phone that in at 470-222-6759. It also takes text messages and things like that. And I'd also like to thank our Patreon supporters for continuing this mad endeavor of ours. That would be Donald Davis, Melissa G., Henry, and Daniel Duncan from the Problem Addict Podcast. You should definitely check him out. Okay, so following the money, this is our market watch here. Uh, let's see, so where's my my closing bell, which I, I still need to get a real good sound effect for. If anybody would like to uh, like to assist in that, you know, I'd, I'd, be, uh, I'd be happy to, to hear it. But here we go. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> but actually, uh, things are going well if you happen to be investing in the stock market. Um, stocks are uh, are closing well. So this being the last uh, closing Friday of the month, we have a little bit more housekeeping to do. So yeah. uh, first of all, let's see here. So down to September week 5, 29th. Uh, the Dow closed at 22,381, which was up 567.33 from August. Yeah. That's a big, big increase. That, the, that's a jump. Yeah. The NASDAQ uh, was, was also pretty good. And actually, for the, uh, for the numbers, you know, right on par. Uh, closing at six thousand four hundred and fifty three forty five which was up one hundred and eighty seven dollars and eighty one cents from August 
Standards and Pours uh, 500. That was uh, they closed at 2,510.06, with a more modest increase, but still an increase of 67.01 from August. So, quite uh, quite the bull market. Things are going well. <laughs> you well, sh- you shake your head. You have. Y- y- you seem to be a little more trepidatious about this. I, 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 I'm, I'm trepidatious because I'm more going, okay, let's see how things are in, in longer term. Uh, like month to month's good, but quarter to quarter speaks volumes. That's true. And talk to me again after December. And we will. If, <laughs> if, if the market is good through the holiday shopping season... And I mean, significantly good. Not, not just a mild continuing upward trend. But if we actually see a bump, then I'll feel more comfortable about the markets. Okay. Um, well, there, there is, um, in one of the, uh, the things that I'm following here, which I'm, I'm getting these numbers from zax.com, uh, cause they do a, a nice write up every week on, on how the markets closed. And one of the things they were watching, for was that there's uh, really good economic growth in all the sectors and uh, high consumer confidence and businesses are actually investing in real estate and building up new buildings. That is a, that's a long-term investment strategy. Yeah. So now, that, but that's got some that, legs to it. Yeah, it's got some legs, but at the same time, I'm just keeping in the back of my mind a number of things. One, interest rates are probably going to go up soon. Yes, so they might be taking advantage of those lower interest rates. They're, they're taking in advantage right now. That's why I'm going. If you've got money to invest and you're going to do a short term, looking at things right now, do it now. Do it now before the start of the next year, and pull your money out mid December. Okay. That's what I would do. Yeah, thanks to uh, thanks to the Google machine here. Uh, the most recent projections from the Fed officials show that anticipation of one more rate hike this year, uh, three rate hikes in 2018, and then three or four more in 2019 to bring the funds rate around to three percent from its current 1.16 percent, which is crazy low. Well, right now. We, again, you needed it low to dig ourselves out. Um, right, and but this is why I'm also kind of like, but it also is, stayed low too long. It really it did. did. It, it it stayed low longer than it should have. But mm-hmm. you had a Republican Congress that was playing at being deficit hawks, but not really deficit hawks. Yeah, they tend to do that a bit. Um, and that's also part of the reason why I'm hesitant is because we're going to be getting into tax reform with them soon. And yeah. that that could vastly impact the markets. Uh, so it's, it's this thing like short-term-wise, yeah, no, things are looking good. So if I had the money to spend... Well, here's another thing... It. The uh, the wonks out there, they're saying that uh, unless something dramatic happens, the Federal Reserve won't be hiking interest rates again until well into 2018, according to current market predictions. So apparently things are, though they're good, they're, they're not, not good enough. They're not good enough. 
Yeah. So as you know, your your suspicions are well founded. So uh, again, I I know how just like going looking back at history. Mm-hmm. Um, part of Carter's downfall during the Carter administration was there was a number of of interest rate hikes during his administration. That's something he had not, absolutely no control over, really. Yeah. And that was a giant economic downturn. Uh, also, that was something that helped uh, ambush Bush Sr., which was a number of interest rate hikes. But there was much more consumer confidence during his administration. So that that had some impact, but not nearly as much as it did with Carter. Yeah. So I will copy this and I will put it into the show notes for the market predictions for the interest rates. There we go. So yeah. That's off uh, CNBC. No, but uh, it's just something to keep in mind, uh, especially if you're looking at markets. Mm-hmm. But it's it's nice hearing that consumer confidence is up right now, um, and it's really nice to hear that businesses are investing in real estate. Yeah, that that is a long term investment. I have seen a number of businesses go up just here locally, but at the same time, I'm also seeing a lot of places close. So it's kind of like, and Orlando is a big city. I've seen a lot of heavy construction all over the state. Um, I mean, I haven't traveled as much as you have recently. A lot of because you um, travel constantly. Yeah, I'm, I'm always on the road. Uh, there, there have been a lot of um, not just businesses going up, but also uh, full-on housing, and not low-cost housing. We're talking gentrification of areas. Yeah, there are areas that are being gentrified. Uh, one that I can immediately mention here locally is on my way to my 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 doctor's is the uh, southern downtown region, or as they've rebranded it, Sodo. Yeah, south of downtown. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Which is still a great deal of industrial park, but they're trying to rebrand right. it as the place to move to. Well, it, it's it's got its moments. It definitely has its moments. Um, that is one of the nicer targets I've ever been in. But yeah, oh, anyway. yeah, that's hard. It's huge. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's got a parking garage on top of it. It's really neat. Oh, okay. So, continuing on, following the money. Now it's into oil. So over a barrel here. Let's see. So week five has us uh, at fifty-one dollars and sixty-seven cents a barrel, which is up a whole dollar one from the previous week. Jeez. Which is up three dollars and eighty cents from this time in August. Oh, so this is not unexpected, though. No, we're getting we're getting into the winter months. Well, not beside that, we still have all the devastation in Texas. Devastation in Texas that is still recovering from. Mm-hmm. Also, the Gulf. Yeah, um, production is down here domestically. Mm-hmm. So you have less barrels of the market so the prices per barrel are going to go up right. and probably stay up um we probably won't see things start turning down until next year um yeah probably about the summer months you know as uh, as people begin to travel again they always seem to dip at that time so that people get out there and it's kind of a loss leader 
Yeah. You know, so that they spend more overall. Yeah. So. But no, they'll we'll probably see stuff start coming down probably March, but it'll be incrementally. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Now, something else to watch is um, is OPEC and especially Saudi Arabia. Yeah, because they're they're doing some interesting things over there. Um, the the, oh. the prince uh, has he has upped his production to keep the prices really low on purpose. But that's having an effect on his own country. And just recently, uh, he's actually allowing women to drive. Yeah, that's... Amazing. That, that was the big thing in the news this week. Yeah. So. However, that also has a lot of other effects. You know, that one of the reasons that they're doing that is because the oil profit sharing is down. So in order to get people out into the workforce and actually boost their own internal economy, they have to do something like that because they've got, you know, 50% of their population on the sidelines, probably more than 50%, really. You know, it's, it's hard to say just how many wives each man has. You know, it's, yeah. it's a funny country. Um, uh, so and also with that, I mean... Do you think the next shoe to drop over there will be women's education? Yes, because they they will need education in order to fill those jobs. It'll be technical school educations predominantly. At least at least in the short term. In in the long term, uh you very well may have Saudi Arabian women, you know, physicists. And that and that's wonderful. That's delightful, actually. It's baby steps in the Middle East, baby steps, and certainly but we're going to we got to hold them to yeah being better. But do you yeah. think part of it is because we're dealing with uh, a a younger yes generation? Absolutely, absolutely, because there's still a great deal of pushback from anyone that's over the age of fifty. And that seems to be about the right uh, the right age group there. Anybody that's that's uh, Gen X and and uh, and younger seems younger to be um, is more progressive across yeah. the board for the most part. Yeah, and that's that's how it always is. You know, the younger generation is the more progressive, and as they get older, they get more stodgy. Some, not all. We're probably just going to be liberal till we die at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's how it is. You know, when, when you start. From uh, from a perspective of being conservative, and then you realize how bad an idea that was on your own, you tend to stay that way, unless you know you've already proven that you can change your mind. So you might change it again, but that would be based on better evidence. So we'll see. What, go ahead, you know, ask me in ten, twenty years. We'll yeah. see. We'll see how it goes. I I still have the have the right to say get off my damn lawn. Still could happen. I have actually said that. I felt well, old. I felt old. <laughs> con considering how things are going, just with the oil, that definitely should reflect in our basket of currencies. That's right, and that's where we're going next. So the exchange rates we're looking at this week in week five: one U.S. dollar will get you point eight five zeros, six point okay. six four Chinese yuan. 112.46 Japanese yen, 
0.75 Great British Pounds and 0.00024 Bitcoins. So the dollar strengthened overall with the exception of Bitcoin. Yes, and there's some reasons about Bitcoin has been in the news a lot in the last uh, couple weeks. Yeah, no, China had something in the news about Bitcoin where they were slowing production down. Well, it's not so much that they're slowing production as they're almost outlawing production. They're kind of getting out of the business, as it were, which is hmm. weird because they've got a great deal of hydroelectric and it's all, you know, in Bitcoin farming, it's all about how much power you can put into it. So there's there's a tipping point where if you can't get the power cheap enough, then you're not making any money. So a lot of hydroelectric facilities, maybe even solar facilities, there'll be like a little shed over there with a whole lot of GPU Bitcoin crunchers. Just sucking off the cheap, cheap power and creating, minting Bitcoins as much as possible. And that's one of the things that China was doing, uh, whether it be above board or kind of on the sidelines. You know. But it's not just about China. Um, out on Market Insider, Japan has taken a key step in cementing its position as a leader for cryptocurrencies. So China is moving forward with a plan to crack down on cryptocurrencies, but Japan is singing a different tune. Japan's Financial Services Agency on Friday granted 11 cryptocurrency exchanges licenses to legally operate in the country. Ooh. 11 of them, yeah. According well, that's to a lot of competition. It is. It's a great deal of competition. And having those exchanges operating legally gives them a leg to stand on. Gives them the leg to stand on. It also allows them to help solidify the markets right. so they're less liquid. Yeah. A more stable Bitcoin would could be the result. And also uh, a greater fluidity in how you can change that money back Convert. into Japanese yen. Um, it's a hard currency. And then keeping that currency because of the liquidity by changing it into the yen, mm -hmm. you're keeping that money local right. so you're keeping it within japan so that's a way for them to help reinforce the floor as it will on their their own economy well they're almost becoming like a little um switzerland in that way <laughs> so they're going to become the switzerland of crypto maybe hmm. maybe if they can keep if they can keep those exchanges safe safe and open safe open and able to to do business, then they've they got something there. Because that's the problem. In the United States, the IRS wants to wants to tax them. They want to take them down because they can't see them. You know they they can't they can't get in on that delicious money. It's too dark for them. China, well, they they don't want the people to have power over the currency. No, they, they want to have the government have control of the currency. Right, which is why they're cracking down. Japan? Okay. Japan's going all free market on it. So It's if, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, if, if they become the regulatory body over it and make sure that it runs, then you've got like 
a shadow run subtype there, you know, of like that's what they're doing. I can just see see this all as part of a a, a larger plot. Yeah, but at, at the same time, I'm just thinking, okay, so hi, uh, by having these multiple markets, you you take the top three that are doing well. Bitcoin's going to be one of the top three. Yeah, um, it's going to stay there for a, at least a while. Well, according to this, in April, Japan deemed Bitcoin the largest cryptocurrency by market cap as a legal form of payment. So, in Japan, you could pay with Japanese yen or you could pay with Bitcoin. Now that... That's that just big. Makes it, I'm just thinking, in this case, okay, it means that if you have access... Uh, to that cheap power elsewhere in in, mm-hmm. in our nation, you you have your farm, then you get a broker over there in Japan. Yeah, when you need to get money out and get it at the best rate you can, and it's all legal and clean. Yeah. Hmm. Yakuza, maybe. <sighs> They, so, they could whenever involved, you, but, whenever we start talking about money laundering, I immediately go into, well, into, I, I, into thinking I don't of see gangs. It, as, it, it, it can be gray market, but I'm also mm-hmm. thinking about like for those folks who, as we're warring here in the states over the legality of marijuana, being able to, hey, I've got a few machines in back of the dispensary working on cryptocurrency. Yeah. And being able to also invest in that since I can't invest anything locally in the banks. Thanks to laws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if this is all cool and kosher over in Japan, get a broker over there, take my money here, convert to Bitcoin here, then Overseas, convert to yen, and then dollars, and get back here. Um, this uh, l- let me uh, let me share my. No, nope, that's the wrong one. I'm going to share my screen here. Uh, that, if I move my own picture out of the way, that is what um, a Bitcoin mining <laughs> setup looks like. <laughs> yeah, you can have that in the back of a dispensary. But that's not all. How about that? That is entirely different. That's serious. Yeah. That that is you you go from, you know, yeah, I've got this, you know, access to this little cave my my pappy left me to mm-hmm. industrial levels of mining. This is the Ethereum mine in Iceland. Well, it's cool there, so they can run their servers all the goddamn day. Yeah, there's uh, there's some very serious Bitcoin mining going on. Yeah, wow. Yeah, those are all GPUs. Woo. Just cranking. That's a lot of juice. A lot of juice going on. Uh, you can see all that on uh, on the show, on the video, which will be archived out at YouTube. Ooh. It will take your breath away, folks. It's a lot of machines. It is a lot of machines. So, good times there. 
had by many people that can get cheap, cheap power. Okay, and well, then on Iceland to... Iceland can get geothermal. That'd be cheap. All it is is just temperature difference. Yeah. It's pretty darn easy. So, as also, we like to keep our, our eye on the national debt, the U.S. national debt, that is. We're not, oh. really, not really looking at other countries. Um, it's big. Yeah, last uh, when last we met, we had uh, transited the $20 trillion mark. Well, we've added another, uh, let's see, what number is that? $5,251,427,833 from last week. And uh, from August, we have added $203,913,752,991. And this is why the earlier discussion about uh, tax cuts matter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. So I suppose this is actually the best time to talk about the debt, the, uh, not the debt, I might as well call it the debt, but the budget, the, yeah. the tax plan that the Trump administration has put out. Well, there's um, the Trump administration, and then the, there's what the Republicans want, and they're very close. I'm not even sure about that. It's it's weird. Um, ah, wow. It, where to even begin? Um, it's going to hurt the middle class. That's it's, where you begin. It's going to hurt those that don't have a lot of money to scrape together in the first place. Because well, the, the poor are always screwed on tax cuts. Well, yeah, but the, in this case, it's a tax hike. It's not a tax cut. No. Because the lowest tax rate is going away, which was 10%. And now it, the lowest in, in the tiers that they're talking about is 12%. So we're taking even more money from the poor. Yep. Another 2% of your hard-earned currency is going to go to, go to the banks. <sighs> and um, they are, there is apparently communication, or at least thought, on one more tier on the high end. But we did, they did take away the 39% tier and it's down to 35, I think it was. So they, they trimmed it. They trimmed the top and they lowered, they brought up the bottom and they're also going to do away with the estate tax, which you need to keep in there. Desperately, that's a lot of money that goes into government. The only that pays people, for your, the only people affected by the estate tax are the filthy, filthy rich. Yeah, in fact, it's, the it is, it's theorized that you know they, they've done some as much crunching as they can based on the numbers that they've been able to find, but they're thinking that it's going to save the Trump family themselves over a billion dollars, and that's with numbers that. Are old, yeah, and projected, yeah. Uh, again, we still don't have those tax forms. Yeah, and we still don't have current, current, current numbers. It's no intention uh, of giving those. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. The, again, people like to think of taxes as this evil thing, but it's what it, pays for everything. It, it's what pays for everything. You want to support the troops, pay your taxes. Yep. Uh, you want to make sure that your roadways aren't completely crap. 
pay your taxes. You want to make sure that your children and your children's children and your neighbor's children that will eventually figure out whether or not to pay their taxes, you want to make sure that they're all educated, pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. Um, I have and this is, no problem at all paying taxes. I don't no. like the actual act of doing it. It stings, but I know yeah. where it goes, and I'm um, happy to help everyone. And and this is this is one of my pet projects and one of my things that I've been going with. Okay, you want to help with taxes. Don't lower them, especially for the rich. Don't get rid of the estate tax. Here's what government could do. Okay. Is take a actual tax increase across the board from everybody but allow when you're filling out your taxes to decide what government program that increased amount of tax goes to. Okay. This is in a way you telling the government where you want to put your money, allowing you to have some more ownership over your finances and your interaction with your government. Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to fly. I mean, I'd love for it to be so, to actually earmark what you want to go where. But well, I, I mean, like, hi, you want to make sure that your your money goes to the Veterans Affairs Department. Great. You want it to go to you know the National Endowment of the Arts. Fantastic. Um, you you want to go to infrastructure projects. Cool. It allows you to have some more ownership over where your money's going and not take away the sting, but allow you to, to view paying your taxes a bit more in a positive light. Um, it also gets back to civics, but I digress. <laughs> the, no, part of the, the thing here where we started out is the national debt's growing. And the the problem I always have with tax cuts, especially with the justification from them um, from conservatives, is the math they use to pay for them. Because they use projected growth, right, based on the tax cuts, to say that this pays for the tax cuts. No. It never does. Projected no. growth is a phantom number. It's uh, it's what Enron got in trouble for. Yeah, you, you you're dealing with essentially financial fraud. Mm -hmm. uh, Enron called it uh, well, the mark to market accounting. So it, it was figuring out a trend and then basing all of your numbers on a trend that doesn't necessarily exist. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, we've heard the GOP, especially in in the executive branch here, uh, just lambast the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, the CBO. Yeah, the CBO, which do their job. Yeah. They're figuring this out and figuring out, okay, how much is this going to cost? But they, they're also having to do the same kind of number crunching based on whatever they can find. Now, mind you, they have better information than we do. Oh, yeah. So this is where sometimes you just have to defer to the experts. 
You know, are you going to read your own MRI scan? No. I mean, sure, it's pretty to look at, but are you going to diagnose it, or are you going to let somebody that is an expert with expertise in the field and experience look at that and tell you what it says and read the tea leaves, as it were? So... It's it's not a fallacy. It's it's one of those things. Sometimes you do actually want to really let the experts do their job. Scientists, you know, all all of them, all the experts, Scien- let them do their job. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Econ- economists, economists, yeah. So, in in looking at this, they're not sure just how much it's going to save or how much it's going to cost. But the problem, the real big problem here, is how their marketing it's going to pay for itself because what have they tried to do they tried they're they're trying to do a a holistic approach so okay we're going to put this tax plan out here and it's going to cut this and the, that and that it's what it's going to do is it's going to cut revenue for the United States government heavily by allowing you to keep more of your money in theory It's going to cut the money that's coming in. The cash flow into the U.S. government is going to to suffer based on this tax plan. So, if they're trying, they're they're only allowed to pass things that are that are um, um, uh, spending neutral. I think that was that was the the terminology. Mm. And so, if they're going to do that, then they also have to include things that then cut spending from the government to then kind of break even because they're not actually trying to cut spending we could see that by what they did with the with the military expenditure budget yeah where they increased it beyond what was requested yeah it, it's a ludicrous number now certainly that that money is then going to go to government contractors and the people that work for those government contractors are going to benefit you know we, we can we can see that I can give them that, and they're they're working on having their constituencies, you know, enjoy that. You know, they got plenty of lobbyists that are making sure that they they voted that way. I I can understand where they're coming from on that. We don't need it, but as far as handouts go, it's basically welfare for the for gun makers who don't need it. They they don't. No, they don't. Okay, so beyond that soapbox, which, you know, I can get up on that and shout all day long, they're also looking at cutting health care expenditures because they don't want the government, the federal government, to be involved in health care whatsoever. They want to put that down on the states. States can't afford it. Right. But they're going to give, you, give the states money and then not tell them how to use it. That seems to which, be the big plan with the, uh, which with the current... Which means uh, that... The current thing that's not going to pass. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the the Graham Cassidy thing. That's the one. No, uh, which Graham even admitted he didn't know what was in the bill. Um, what, 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 what? Really? Yeah. <sighs> okay. He that's, didn't understand his own bill. That's that's um, great, and all. Yeah. So they they keep trying to do these things that will then bring the whole thing to a revenue-neutral kind of situation. 
So this is where we cut, you know, meals on wheels. Yeah. And funds for the elderly to be able to have heating. They're pinching pennies. In the winter. They're they're what is it? Penny wise and pound foolish? I think that's the yeah. that's the phrase. That's the old old Dickens phrase. Yeah. And it it exists today. They're pinching pennies on PBS, Meals on Wheels, you know, the, the tenths of a percent of a, of a larger budget. NASA. And then they're giving the military-industrial complex... And the wealthy. A, a platinum-coated spoon, you know, to, to shove in their mouths. It's ridiculous. And it it's really short-sighted, and it's not... It's not where we need to go. And it's not its not even, you know, standard short-sighted for an entity like the government where yeah. you're supposed to be short-sighted is, you know, five years. It's abnormal. No, th- it's very this abnormal. Is, this is one-year short-sightedness. Yeah. This is yeah. – they're, they're only looking at what they're going to get next year, not what they're going to get and the effects of what they're doing <laughs> well, for the next cycle. But they're basing this on – a budget that's going to exist for 10 years. So they're doing the mark-to-market thing on budget estimates for if we institute this, then over the course of 10 years, we will save this based on these numbers. The numbers that they're basing them on are, you know, sand. It's just a sandcastle. And I don't know, but I keep seeing hurricanes come in and washed out sandcastles. Hurricanes, (laughs) Hurricanes, <laughs> greater seismic activity. Yeah, uh, governmental upheavals abroad, um, the rise of nationalism, which is going to close down markets, not open them up. It's going to yeah, affect trade negatively. Isolationism. Yeah. Yeah. Like Brexit, guys. This this thing is still ongoing, and you see the financial markets over there panicking. Yeah. Okay. It it, it the. This is not the time to be doing a tax break. If anything, this is to shore up for when things go wrong and raise taxes now so that you can then do the tax breaks later. There's no wiggle room. It's all deficit spending. And we're, we're again, this is a Republican trend. It's they they're deficit hawks when a, a Democrat is president, mm-hmm. and then they spend to the moon when they control everything. Yeah, it's a big swing we, back and forth. Saw, back and forth. We saw this with Bub W. Yeah. Okay. They they, they they spent us into a financial crisis. Yeah, and which just now just okay. ourselves out of. Now, just a reminder. Yes, we are under the 45th president's administration. We are still under the 44th president's budget. In fact, I think it's just now, just this month, that those numbers expire and the new budgets start to roll in. So from September, you know, October on, now we get to see what President Trump's ideas you really want to do. see Trump's economical effects. He has been coasting and bragging on the things that his administration have done that have all been things that have been carryovers from the Obama administration. 
No, if you want to actually have a good assessment of what Trump's policies will do to your pocketbook, mm-hmm. check your pocketbook March 1st. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before you, uh, before you look at your pocketbook, given the recent Equifax debacles, um, I would highly recommend to put a fraud alert on one of the agencies. Because once you put it on one of the agencies, whether it be TransUnion, Experian, or even Equifax, uh, it's free to do. Once you do that, they then disseminate that to the other agencies. I think there's actually a fourth agency that's up and coming, but I can't remember what it is. Uh, they're obviously not that important yet. Yet. Uh, yet, yeah. <laughs> do we need more competition in that space? It's just more confusion, honestly. No, it's no, more, more it, competition. It's more confusion. Uh, honestly, they're selling be... our data <sighs> and getting needs... it wrong. They, they need more regulation. That, that's more than clear. Yeah, they need more oversight. That's more than clear. Mm-hmm. But I, I am for more competition in that space, as long as I think it it's is a bi- as long as it's a benefit to the consumer. Um, it's marginal benefit now, really. Um, but you know, I, I don't want to go all you know Fight Club and and burn the whole thing down. Okay, maybe I do, but. I, I kind of do. Yeah, okay, I kind of, I kind of do. But, you know, we, we don't want to go all that far. But my my main key point here was you can put a fraud alert on and it'll last for 90 days. You can put a fraud alert on every 90 days with a different different agency. Cycle. Just cycle through. Now, the, what you'd want to do here is if there's a fraud alert on, then anyone that is looking at your credit, they will still see your credit score. They will still be able to reference your credit uh, suitability. But if they're going to open another account, which would then affect your credit, then they have to call you. Or at least that's the theory. They have to call you. It's the honor system, unfortunately. So speaking of that uh, regulation, you could end up with a credit account and them not calling you. But then, if they do that, and you did have the fraud alert on, then you've got a lot of uh, a lot of good um, good backing there. You you have a legal leg to stand on to uh, yes. hurt them, and well, at least to protect yourself. It'll allow you to get your good name back and not end up in the debtors' prisons for um, somebody else's good time. So yeah. now there's there's also freezing your account. Now, you can freeze your account, but that costs money, and that then also freezes your liquidity. It doesn't allow you to establish new credit anywhere until you either whitelist that particular agency, bank, or uh, you know, car, car provider, whoever it might be, uh, even somebody that, uh, that's going to check your credit for getting a new apartment, anything that is going to impact your credit like that, you would have to whitelist individually. And that is just a pain in the ass. So if you are set, you don't need any new credit. You're good. You don't want anything. Then you could go ahead and pay the money because in several states, it's free. In many states, it's up to $10 each instant. Now that's to freeze it and to unfreeze it. 
So you're going to spend a little bit of money with these agencies for the benefit of having them not not do anything to you. So weigh what you want to do. I would go ahead with the fraud alert, at least for the time being, because that information is out there for 144 million Americans, which is pretty much everybody that has credit in the country. <laughs> That's pretty much everybody. Yeah. So if you have a credit score out there, then you are likely affected by the uh, the, trans- the Equifax breach. So go ahead and protect yourself. Go ahead and put, uh, put a fraud alert on. That's free to do. Also, go ahead and start monitoring your credit. Go ahead and get that free report. You get one a year, but if you put a fraud alert on, uh, you could extend that. Also, if you're armed services, you can have a fr- the fraud alert uh, be on for a period of a whole year. So if you're an armed service member. Um, there's, there's some other things, and they'll kind of walk you through what you can and can't do. But for the most part, it's going to be a 90-day thing. And at that point, then you can also go ahead and pull your credit report. And it's good to then have the credit report from this agency and then have it from this other agency 90 days later and then have this other agency 90 days after that and compare them because not all of them are equal. They all have different stuff on them. And some things, like um, a bad bad charge-off from, say, I, I totaled a car and the gap coverage went into play and then the bank decided that it was a bad charge-off and put that into my credit report. According to the reporting agency's rules, that's supposed to fall off after seven years. It didn't on some of the agencies. So you have to kind of tweak them and say, hey, 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 this was supposed to fall off. Why is it still here? So you actually have to be active in cleaning up your own credit. There are agencies and businesses out there that you can pay to do that, and maybe that's a good idea for you. Time is money. Money is time. So if you have more money than you have time, (laughs) then that's up to you. It's totally up to you to how to do that. But just be aware that this is what's going on behind the scenes, and it happens whether you want it to or not. Any purchases that you make, any bills that you get late, all that gets reported and stored somewhere. Because there's somebody out there that wants that information for whatever reason. They're going to make money off of it. They're determining your credit worthiness. They're determining the credit worthiness of the entire country and beyond. Because that's what they do. That's the money. And this has been happening since the 70s when the credit reporting agencies started. So, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, whatever, they're there, so be aware. And that's about all I can say about that. So, I think we'll, um, we'll wrap here, and then we'll see about getting our ass to Mars. Let's get to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. If you've enjoyed what we've done here, you'd like to, and you'd like to help us out. No, you would like to help us out. There are a few ways. You can donate to the show through www.patreon.com slash Radio and get early access to full show content. Or uh, Mostly it's less than the full show content, but it's, it's more the blooper reels and the, and the behind-the-scenes stuff and the stuff that happens before and after the shows and, and random weird things. 
Uh, if you'd like to make the algorithms work for us, reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you happen to listen to us that has a ranking system would certainly help with that. And, of course, use your words. Tell somebody about us. And, of course, engage with us directly. Send us a message on the social medias or the electronic mails at Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you're more talkative sort, 470-222-ORLY. That's 6759. It's always ready to take your call or your text. And if you don't like what we've done here this evening, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8256, available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The Lifeline provides free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention, and crisis resources for you and your loved ones, and best practices for professionals. And one more time, that number was one 800 273 Eight two two five 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 eight two five eight five five. Get your get your glasses on. <laughs> Thank you for supporting us and wasting your valuable time on us. This has been a really radio part of the Random Acts Company. This work license is a Creative Commons Attribution three United States license, including the mu- music mu- the music Rocket and Pamgia, created by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Thanks everybody, and we'll see you real soon.